bringing it backwards, a platform for both legendary and rising artists to tell their own personal stories on how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to talk with Molly Anel over Zoom video. Molly was born and raised in Vancouver, Canada, and she talked about how she got into music, came from a very musical family. Her dad is a lawyer for his career, but he's been a rocker since about 15 years old. He's always played in bands, still plays in bands to this day. And her mother is a novelist and a poet. So she has her music from her dad and her way with words from her mom. She started playing piano at a very early age. At nine years old, Molly was named the Young Composer of the Year. She won this huge award through the Vancouver Chamber of Choir. She's nine going up against people in college, college level. And she ends up winning. So huge validating moment for her. She ends up signing a record deal at 15. She talked about putting out her first EP and the success of one of the songs that got playlisted like right away. Had hundreds of thousands of streams within weeks. And she talks to us all about the brand new record she just released, Elevator Music, which has been a three-year in the works project. And you can watch our interview with Molly on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be rad if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're an Amazon shopper, a portion of your everyday purchases will help support our podcast with just a few clicks. It's super easy. Please head over to our website, bringingitbackwards.com, and click on Amazon each time you begin your purchases. Those few extra clicks will help keep our mission of providing a platform for both legendary and rising artists to tell their personal stories on how they achieve stardom so that all artists and music enthusiasts have access to meaningful and memorable advice that will help inspire their own musical journeys. To recap, please head over to bringingitbackwards.com and click on Amazon before you make each and every purchase because a portion of that purchase will add up in a big way to help support our mission. Thank you so much. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Molly Anel. Uh, my name's Adam, by the way, and this is about you and your journey in music. Yes. Hi, Adam. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. Uh, what part of the world are you in right now? Um, I'm actually at my boyfriend's parents' house in like some small town in Ontario. So I'm not really sure where. There's so many like towns I've learned sure. about. I'm like such a Vancouverite. I'm like, I don't care about any of your towns. Vancouver is the best place in the world. So, <laughs> so you're from the yeah. West Coast? Vancouver's I West Coast, am. right? Okay. Yes, I'm like a big West Coaster. And how long have you been in the East? How? Because Toronto's pretty far east, right? Yeah, it is. So I moved out there about three months ago. So I'm pretty fresh to the big oh, wow. city. Wow. Okay. Yes. Uh huh. So talk Brand to you. Yeah. Were you born and raised in the West, the West side of uh, Canada then? Yeah, I was born and raised in Vancouver. And oh, then, yes, yes. Okay. And then I moved out here for school. So I'm studying music right now and um, loving it so much. Very cool. So uh, talk to me about growing up in Vancouver. Growing up, growing up in Vancouver um, was probably like the best thing ever because you have the mountains and you have the beach. So there's so many fun 
outdoor activities you can do like skiing we would go skiing so much when I was little and going to the beach and it's just like such a happy place you know it's such a great place for young kids too because there's just so much to do sure yeah. I'm from I'm from the West Coast also. I'm from San Diego and it's similar where you can go to the beach and then drive you could go to the beach at five, six in the morning and then drive two hours and go skiing all day. It's so crazy. Literally. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what it's like in BC. Yeah, it's so bizarre. Yeah, you go surfing and snowboarding on the same day. Yes. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. So when did you get into music? Um, there was never like a specific time when I was like I want to make music. I think I just coming from such like a musical family, like both of my parents are really passionate about music. My dad plays in a band. So I was, I was always really like into music. There was never like a specific moment where I was like, Oh, like, I think this is what I want to do with my life. But um, when I was nine, I entered into a songwriting and choral composition contest and i ended up winning it against like um university students and stuff Whoa. i was the at youngest. nine years old i know i think that's my biggest flex i don't think i've ever done anything like that so i want to thank my nine-year-old self for doing that um and for entering in that competition so i think after i won that i was like okay so i'm i'm definitely good at this and mm-hmm. i need to focus on you know honing my craft and making myself even better. Um, but I, I don't think there was a specific, really a specific moment when I got into music. You said your dad was in a band. Is he still, is that what he does professionally? No. So he's a lawyer, but oh, wow. that works. He, <laughs> I mean, this man, my dad is something else. He is a surfer slash lawyer slash rock and roll cover band front man slash blues pianist. Wow. He's, he's a, he's truly a crazy man, but, um, he's great. No, he, yeah, he's, he's a lawyer professionally, but, um, he's been in band since he was like 14, 15. And, um, the band that he's in right now, I think formed when he was in law school. So they've been together for quite a while and they, they sell out, you know, big shows and he's still doing this at the old age of 60, still running around the stage. So yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool. So you, I'm, I, I would guess you've seen him perform then. Yeah. Actually, when I was like maybe nine or 10, I used to go up and sing with him on stage, which was very sweet. It was really cute. You could probably find some videos of it online somewhere. That's cool. All cover yeah. songs? Does he, or does he write his own music? No, he's not a writer. My mom is a writer. She writes books. Um, that's like her wow. job. So um, my dad's more of like a musician kind of guy. So he plays piano and he covers like all the classic rock songs, which is, you know, kind of cool <laughs> mom's and what a novelist yeah so my mom she is a poet and she writes novels and she she did a lot of journalism when she was younger so she's just i think that's where i get the songwriting from because she's yeah, really got the, really good with words you have the words from mom and then the music music ability from dad that's pretty cool yes exactly mm-hmm. oh. it's awesome so, when did you start? Like, did you take piano lessons or anything growing up? Yeah. So my parents put my brother and I into a lot of music 
centric classes. Um, my brother loves music, but it wasn't really clicking for him as much as it was for me. Um, so I started taking piano lessons when I was like three. And I also started dancing when I was like three or four. Um, wow. And both of those things like really, I think, fed my musical passion but piano i i started you know doing exams and royal conservatory piano and stuff and i think that really helped me out because now when i'm writing music i kind of i know theory and it's it's helpful when i'm writing with other people too because it's just easier to communicate so i'm really grateful for being put into piano lessons even though it sucked doing those tests it was so scary and like my little like eight-year-old hands i'd be like shaking but it was worth it in the end. Yeah, I know. That's one of my biggest regrets was not taking piano. My dad and my sister can play really well. Yeah. And like I was offered and I'm like, eh, I don't really want to you know, play piano. And then I've started mm-hmm. playing guitar poorly, like when I was in like four, 14, 15 years old. But yeah, uh, my yeah, I wish I would have just learned piano because my sister started playing super young and now she can, you know, play pretty much anything if she. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, music. it's. It's a great skill to have. I really, I'm really thankful to my parents because they were very much about fostering creativity in our mm-hmm. house. Like it was never about, you know, getting the best grades in school or, you know, being the most athletic kid and stuff. It was about being creative. And when my parents kind of started to see me kind of like flourish into a musical kid, I think they were really excited about that and wanted to do everything they could to make sure I was getting that knowledge, which is it's just so great. They're great people. I miss them a lot. I moved all the way across the country all by myself. So oh. I really miss mom and dad. <laughs> you said you've only lived there for what, a few months? A few months. Yeah. I think I'm coming up on four months now. Um, okay. But it's it's definitely a big adjustment being away from them since I'm their baby. I'm their youngest. And, uh, you have siblings? Know. Yeah, my brother's um 20, so he's been out of the house for a little bit longer. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then you mo- you moved to go to school. Yes, I did. I did. Okay. I moved to to go to um <clears throat> Ryerson, which is now XU because they're changing the name, um which is it's such a great school. I love it. Is it a music university? No, it's a it's an everything university, but their creative okay. industries, like creative school program is really, is really good. And this program I'm in, it's actually like the first year they're ever running this program. Wow. Um, it's like an all music course. And there was only 50 people who got in. So it's a really small group of us. Um, it's really fun. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely some problems here and there with like, you know, just the, the te- we're the test dummy group so right know, of course it's not a big deal wow mm-hmm. one of 50 yeah. you said yeah yeah did you have to submit like a demo or an audition how did you get selected as one of the 50 yeah people? yeah so we had to submit like a video um and a demo yeah of something that we've written um and I honestly didn't think I was going to go to university. I, I really just wanted to stay in Vancouver because I'm, you know, working at a record label there since I was 15. And I oh, was like, wow. this is my, yeah, I, I said, this is my, um, you know, this is my plan for post-secondary. I just need to get my high school diploma and, and get out. Um, but 
when I found out about this program, I said, you know, I might as well give it a try. It was the only university I applied to. And when I found out I got in, I was like, I have to go, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You were working for a record label? Yeah. Yeah. So I got signed to 604 Records. um, Uh Uh-huh. And that Uh, was... Were you pretty young when that happened? Yeah, I was 15. Oh my gosh. How did they find you and how did you get signed? Yeah. So when I was like... 14 I released an EP that I had totally um produced myself so I really got into production and I wanted to release something that felt like me because when I was younger I worked with a lot of producers a lot of male producers who mm-hmm. wanted to put a box on me and they're like oh you're gonna be like Sarah McLaughlin oh she's gonna be like Avril Lavigne no one really asked me what I wanted I was mm-hmm. also so young I didn't really know what I wanted um so when I was like 14 I was like I need to produce for myself because I'm the only person who really knows what I want and then I released an EP and one of the songs by some freaking miracle got on a playlist on Spotify and it blew up and um Jonathan Simkin who is the head of 604 Records he listened to it he really liked it and he found out that we had like a mutual friend of a friend thing in common like my dad's friend's friend knew him and he was like oh I've been listening to this girl and like I think you know his friend's daughter um and so we came in to have a meeting with him he found out about our contact information reached out and we met with him and it was just like a perfect fit and yeah three years four years later still working with them and loving it so much that's awesome that is so mm-hmm. awesome what was the song that blew up um it was called papillon um okay. and it ended up getting like hundred thousand streams, streams like in a few weeks i was wow. like what i was not expecting it to blow up like that at all because i was just making little beats in my mom's office she like let me renovate her office like her writing room so I could mm-hmm. make music in there. And it was like, I wasn't even going to put that song on the EP because I couldn't figure out the drums. I was like, whatever. So I just took the drums out. Wow. And then it funny how that up. works that way sometimes. I've talked to a lot of artists where that will happen and be like, I don't even know if I wanted to put that on the record. And then it becomes like the biggest hit on the album. Exactly. Yeah. I was so frustrated with, I like, remember it was like super late at night and I was eating cereal and I was trying so hard to make these drums work because I, I didn't play the piano to a click because I was 14 and stupid. So I, the piano wasn't in time. And I was oh. trying to play the, the drums to the piano that I played, which was out of time. And I was like, like, F this. Like, I can't, I can't do it. But it ended up, you know, sounding pretty good without drums. And sure. then people liked it. So, wow. wow. Were you performing yeah. live pretty often at this point or no? Yeah, I was performing live a lot um, when I was like from like the age of 13, kind of. I started getting booked a lot at these Root Dwellers Festival or like songwriter showcases in Vancouver, Mm -hmm. um, which I owe a lot to Claire Marie Baker. She put those shows on and she kept booking me back for more of them. And that really garnered a a little bit of an audience for me because... um, I would come back with new material a lot. And she also hosted my release show and party for the EP that I wrote that, you know, that came out, which was really sweet. And um, 
yeah, but I started to play live a lot more um, in the summer before COVID, which really sucks because I was I was doing so many shows and it was so much fun mm-hmm. meeting so many cool artists from Vancouver and, you know, working with them and stuff, but meeting them through the shows and through going to shows and, you know, the little venues all around the city. But, you know, what can you do? The whole world right. shut down and then it was like, oh, crap. Uh-huh. Were you to now? Were yeah. you like did you just start college like this year? Or when did you Sorry. start going to university? I started going to university um this year. Yes, yeah. Okay. Were you yeah, one of the unfortunate ones that had to graduate high school with uh like Zoom graduations no. and all that noise? Okay. Thank God. Thank God no. I'm a 2003 baby. So I graduated in 2021 so they had kind of figured it out a little bit better you know by then we had a a nice little outdoor ceremony it was actually okay. really sweet yeah i remember my brother's graduation because he graduated before covid and um it was kind of a big like it was too much of a big thing that all the kids walking across the stage it wasn't special for any of right. them or That's i felt my like high school graduate there was 1200 yeah. kids graduating for my class alone so yeah, like similar. Yeah. A joke. <laughs> like, why yeah. did I waste the even time? <laughs> Three hours sitting here. Exactly. You're literally just sitting there and you're waiting for everybody. For My brother was valedictorian, so it was a little bit different. Damn, for us that's cool. He, yeah, it was really, it was really sweet. None of us really saw that coming. <laughs> but um, it was, yeah, it was kind of like boring to watch everybody walk across the stage. So it was nice having the smaller groups and outdoor, and it was a lot more like, this is your moment, um, which was nice. Mm-hmm. But I have a lot of friends who graduated in 2020 and it was, you know, not yeah, ideal. Exactly. Not ideal. That's mm-hmm. a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So when do you start working on this uh, latest record that you put out, Elevator Music? Um, so this record was three years in the making. Um, yeah. It did not feel like it was ever going to come out. I started working on it when I was 15. So wow. a lot of the a lot of the vocals you hear on that record are such like in such huge like age differences like different times in my life like on how was your day which I think was the first song we recorded for this record I was like just freshly turned 15 wow. and then on like a song like Sunday I was 17 and you know between 15 and 17 you grow a lot and you mature mm-hmm. a lot and it's kind of like, I feel like I can kind of pick out the like baby Molly voice versus like the more mature Molly voice. But I don't think anyone's really noticed that yet. But yeah, we started working on that record as soon as I started with 604. So. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So this has been a, a project. You said three year project. Yeah. And did COVID affect it at all? Um, yeah, it did affect it because we wanted to do like shows when it came out, we wanted to really promote it, you know, live. Cause mm-hmm. I think live performing is my favorite thing in the world. I love it so much. Um, but I mean, we did end up doing a lot of social media, you know, live streaming and stuff for it. And because school kind of shut down during COVID, it actually made it better for me because I had a lot more time to go into the studio. Mm, and, yeah. um, 
yeah because it was just me and louise burns like my producer and you know co-writer and um the two of us we would just kind of at first we would wear masks so far apart but then we we were seeing each other every day so it was like meh we're yeah, probably exactly. Fine. At that point, right? <laughs> yeah, so it you was kind of nice. Bubble or whatever they we were in the same it. bubble. Yeah, exactly. So it was kind of nice, um, not having to go to school because sometimes my school would not be like the most supportive of me going to the studio and missing school. Um, so it was really nice to like have that that balance. Yeah. Oh, so you would have sessions. One might be like a Tuesday at two o'clock, so you'd have to leave school to go do it. Exactly. Yeah. And a lot of my teachers were like, this is not an excusable absence, Molly. I was like, but it's my career. So, right. You're like, you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm already working my weird. dream. I don't have time for this. <laughs> exactly. School. I don't have time to read Animal Farm. I'm right. making exactly. an album. <laughs> right. Exactly. But yeah, it was, <clears throat> it was really nice to like be able to not feel guilty about missing school, just going mm-hmm. into the studio. Yeah. Very cool. Um, and so with this new record, you were, you said you're doing live streams. How how is that? Weird. Um, it was kind of awful because, <laughs> like, I I think the best thing about performing live is the energy you get from the audience. Mm-hmm. Um, and the I love to like talk to the audience, get them engaged. Um, and you just you see the comments and stuff, but it's not. It really isn't the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you had it's a chance to awkward. perform yet? Yes. So right before I moved to Toronto, I got a chance to perform at Guilt and Company, which is a really, really sick bar in uh, Vancouver. It's a really cool venue. Um, And there was about 85, 90 people at the show, which was a pretty good turnout. It was like kind of a smaller space, too. So I love to see like everybody kind of cramped together i don't know why i love to do that but it's like you know it's full it's it's kind of a packed house mentality and um i got to play that show with one of my best friends max cunningham Uh, we put that show together in like two days um wow yeah so he is amazing still got 90 people plus out there yeah yeah incredible well we started promoting the show before we even put it together so (laughs) The show's happening. We just don't know any information about it yet. That's- exactly. Exactly. Okay. Like we knew, like I knew I had the venue booked. Oh, you did. So, okay. Yes. And I knew I was moving to Toronto like two days after the show. And I had just gotten back from Ireland because I was visiting family. So I had like five days to put a whole show together. So Max, he's been my good friend for a few years. He's like an extremely talented musician. He's in a group called Ludic. They're pretty okay. big out of Vancouver. And he basically put everything together i really owe a lot to him he put together like drums and he played guitar and he was like playing the drums with his feet like a drum pad and playing guitar whoa yeah it was it was sick but i mean it turned out super well and the two of us we always just have so much fun on stage together and Mm -hmm. it was one of the best shows of my life i think that's awesome and you haven't had a chance to play in toronto yet not yet but i am working on booking some venues for january so we'll see that's exciting yeah (laughs) and thank you so much molly for doing this interview i appreciate it of course thank you for having me i do have one more question do you have any Mm -hmm. advice for aspiring artists 
Yes. Um, my biggest piece of advice would be don't let anybody tell you what you want. You know, um, a lot of my young life, like when I was really little in studios and stuff, people were kind of telling me, this is what you want. This is what you want to be. And I just wanted to be polite and nice, especially because I'm like, I'm a girl and you don't want to come across in a certain way. I was like, okay, you know, this is what, this is what's happening. But my producer and co-writer and mentor at Tixifer Records, Louise Burns, she, she taught me that you have to stand up for yourself in this industry, especially because it's such a male dominated industry. You just have to be a boss bitch. You have to tell people what you want because at the end of the day, it's your name that's going on that art. So just, you know, be forward about what you want. Don't let anybody tell you who you are. That's up to you, that's your choice.